poker's legendary champions, next generation stars, and tireless ambassadors of the game, sharing their wisdom and guiding your journey to high achievement on the green felt. This is Philosophical Friday on Chasing Poker Greatness with your hosts, Brad Wilson and Duncan Palamortis. Well, hello there, my friend. Welcome to another episode of the Chasing Poker Greatness podcast. As always, this is your host, the founder of ChasingPokerGreatness.com, Coach Brad Wilson. I, I forgot my name there for a moment. Um, today's Friday, which is a philosophical day. I'm joined by Duncan Palamortis. Duncan, what is happening, sir? I'm doing really, really, really well. How, how's life with you? How's everything? Life's going. You know, it, it keeps on going one, one day at a time. <laughs> cool cool let's wrap it up that's it's good good talk um actually <laughs> no, that's exactly right <laughs> it segues segues quite nicely into today's theme of quitting and could you describe for the listener what you mean by quitting and what exactly it is that we're going to dive into today for sure yeah so just a little bit of a background as as always um, in one of our earliest uh, uh, podcasts, we talked about the idea of, of quitting and how it is a very complex subject. And sometimes quitting has a negative connotation, but it can be used as a positive tool. So one of the very first things that we can start with is, first of all, what is quitting and how we can define it? And like with everything else, it has a lot of definitions, but I guess in, in most people's minds, quitting is the idea of essentially stopping uh, a typical action that typically you're doing for a considerable amount of time, right? Um, but it doesn't have to be for a considerable amount of time, but it's basically the interruption of an otherwise uh, long-going sequence of events which are related to one another. That's one way. Or just basically stopping doing something that you've been doing. Right. And for an undetermined amount of time. In general. Correct. Exactly. And, and I guess one of the, of the questions we... We started exploring back in that podcast and we can be a little bit more nuanced about is is quitting inherently bad or inherently good and because i'm sort of like guessing what your answer is going to be if not is it more of one than the other so make the question a little bit harder well um if it's inherently bad then i, I think we're all in for some trouble here because at some point i, I think we all quit living which um, means that we're all going to be doing some bad things for a very long time uh, right. in, the, in the grand scheme of things eventually. So I don't think quitting is inherently a bad thing. Um, I do think that it could be problematic as it relates to poker in some situations. For instance, uh, someone who aspires to be a poker professional, if you know they're constantly quitting for one reason or another, whether it be you know they're up to buy-ins and they just snap quit, or they lose a buy-in and they snap quit, um, when it's affecting your ability to go to work, put in volume, play hours, then I would say that quitting could be problematic. Um, and I think that like on the flip side of that, uh, not quitting can also be problematic as well. If things are, you know, you're not in the right state of mind, you're actually burned out, you need a break, um, you're feeling overwhelmed. So yeah, I think either one could potentially be problematic. I agree with you. Uh, do you think it tends to be one 
versus the other more often in your in your personal experience? Do you think typically quitting is more bad than it is good, or you you don't have evidence? I would say to support that quitting more good than bad in, more my, good than in, bad. in okay. my life experience. Uh, there are okay. many things that I wish I would have quit way sooner than I actually did quit them and many things that have given me great relief when I did mm -hmm. quit them. So like quitting to me um, means, you know, turning the page or recognizing that a thing is not providing satisfaction or joy or whatever it is in my life in this specific moment and taking an action to do something else. Um, which to me feels like a good thing. Absolutely. Yeah, because I, I guess you're bringing a very important point. Um, every time we quit something, a space becomes available in our life, right? I mean, time space, location space, like there is room. And the question is, what do we typically uh, replace that missing part with? That's, that's a real question. Like, you know, you're quitting in favor of what that is a, a real question right so for example to give the example of of you know of fitness that that we use uh, used a couple of times in the past if you know somebody is quitting a, a day at the at the gym because the alternative is to let's say go and eat unhealthy that is not necessarily a good quit but if you know you're quitting because your body took enough and you want to get rest and then instead continue the, the next day stronger than ever that is a, a better way of, of using your time because you're saying because I need I need the I need the rest for my body to recover whatever damage <laughs> it has uh, suffered and then go back you know a little bit later uh, stronger. So what are we replacing it with is a big factor of whether quitting is good or bad. And and I would say like there's a lot of utility in replacing it with nothing in. Mm -hmm. In a lot of situations too, uh, I've mm -hmm. coached a lot of poker players who have dealt with burnout because they just play way too much poker. They're not enjoying it. Um, they're getting frustrated very easily. And the reality is like, they just, they need to rest. They need mm -hmm. to get away from the game for a week that they just, they don't need to study every day. They don't need to watch training videos. They don't need coaching sessions. They just need to do nothing poker related for a specific amount of time so that you're actively resting and re-energizing. And I think that like, some of the best days of my life are when I just unplug from business, podcasting, coaching, Slack, technology, and I just rest. Um, whether that's, you know, going to the pool and just laying there, going swimming, going on a walk, um, or just laying on my couch or meditating and spending time with, you know, my wife, the kids, the cats, like all, all of that stuff uh, to me has lots of value and utility. Right. Or, or even play POE. <laughs> yes, or play POE. I'm, no, no. I'm still, I'm still scared of POE, so, I, no. so I don't approach it. I, I, I know, but, but uh, let me. I, I think what you're saying is, is, is incredibly important. And at the same time, for the listener, um, it, it is important to also know who you're talking to. Like, you know, fundamentally, you are what people would call an overachiever, a highly successful individual who, you know, keeps pushing themselves to the limit. So quitting. Uh, can actually have a beneficial, um, you know, aspect to it because otherwise you're like an unstoppable force, right? So it really does matter who you're giving the advice to, right? A person, <laughs> no, so I don't want to be an unstoppable force. Is that what? <laughs> what, what I'm saying is that you know, if you use that unstoppable force in any direction, you may start, you know, crushing in different places. You know what I mean? Like you know, yeah. that, that that car needs to stop from time to time, right? You know, to make sure that the direction is correct because it goes so fast, right? 
like you just have to make sure that you're moving in the right direction. So sometimes okay, I have to stop. Otherwise, you know, I may reach, you know, 100 miles away from my destination, whatever it might be. For sure. So quitting can be beneficial to you. Like, but I would also say that uh, tying to the uh, ideas of, you know, um, first Nietzsche, uh, then uh, Taleb, and then later Kelly Clarkson, you know, the idea that, you know, sometimes we have to push ourselves to the limits uh, in order to, to become stronger, right? The idea that, you know, by not quitting in a certain situation where your body tells you, you know what, you can't take it anymore. You cannot do that extra rep. By pushing that extra rep or just by, you know, working the extra hour at the poker table or by working outside of our comfort zone for a little while, our body ever so slightly gets more used to that uncomfortable situation. So I guess my point is, heuristically, go for the quitting <laughs> that is the, the most uncomfortable, not the quitting that is the comfortable. So if you're the typical person who actually likes to quit, try to not to. But if you're the person who doesn't like to quit, you know, an unstoppable force, you know, try to take a break from time to time, you know, like try. Yeah. If you, if you want to systemize it, right. I would say that the way to systemize it is to, in, you know, the words of one of my good friends, Adam Creek, find your limits, right? right? Set aside a day for whatever it is that you're doing and go at it as hard as you possibly can until you reach failure, Right. Like when you find your limits, you, you start understanding what, what it is that you're capable of. And I, I think for people that quit too early, they don't realize their full potential because they don't know what they're capable of. And if they knew or had a better idea about what they were capable of, they would recognize that, oh yeah, I, I'm quitting too early, right? I'm not reaching right. failure point. I'm just feeling uncomfortable. And, and you're absolutely right. You do have to push through that feeling of uncomfortability because that's where growth lies in general. That's that's exactly right. And and people, you know, it's very easy to rationalize and say, oh, I reached my limits, even though it's just discomfort, right? Even though it's just, you know, the feeling that you start, you're starting to get to the point where growth can happen. Absolutely. So like, you don't want to burn out. Um, you want to be able to recover and you want to give yourself the latitude to quit, but you also, you know, have to set some parameters where you know what your limits are, how closely, you know, you're approaching them so that you can make a more informed decision because mm -hmm. if not you, you just never really fully realize your your full potential very 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 well said and that actually brings us perfectly to the next question which is what is the best time to quit in general like some of the things that you said uh start us off really nicely there and what are some considerations uh to to make the decision both generally and as that pertains to poker what are some good times uh, to, to, to quit for, for different indiv individuals. So I guess as it relates to poker, um, ah, what a, what a tough question, right? It, it is very difficult. You know, yes. a, a lot of it is like internal. We have the, the external, uh, cues are, are pretty apparent, right? You're, you're too sleepy to mm -hmm. perform at a level that you're comfortable with. You're too tired. You've played for too long. It's too early in the morning, whatever those things are. And then the, the other ones are like, you've played a session for some determined period, you know, three or four hours, everything's going poorly, you're stuck five buy-ins, and you want to quit, right? You just feel like quitting. Or maybe, you know, you've had like an emotional roller coaster, and you're still around break even after four hours, where like you were winning three buy-ins, and then you gave it back. And now you're just disgusted and want to quit and leave, right? I think those 
last two, in my opinion, are opportunities for growth more so than quitting because you're actively tired. I think that pushing through, um, and again, like pressing and trying to find your limits is a good thing. As long as you, you haven't reached your threshold of misery and losing and, you know, you torch off your whole bankroll in your session, right? There, there has to be some fine line there where, you know, the downside far outweighs the upside. But I would say like in the situation where you're winning four buy-ins, you give it back and now you're break even and you feel miserable and you don't want to play anymore. You want to go home. I would say like sit with that emotion, sit with that feeling, um, and then see if, you know, you can recover and put in more volume where you don't have to call it, um, call it a day. I, I just really like looking at those opportunities or looking at those situations as opportunities to grow. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and to your point, how one can use that as an opportunity to, uh, to grow. Again, we can use a, a meta approach, right? I mean, you can, you can quit in the moment, but not meta quit or meta give up, right? I mean, you, can, you said it perfectly. Like, let's say you have a really bad session and that bad session, you know, uh, it ends however it ends. You either quit or you don't quit. It's irrelevant, right? I mean, the point is how we can uh, make it better in the future. So you go back and you reflect. Now you sleep on it, you wake up the next day and you have some thoughts. We all had those thoughts, right? What are those thoughts? Did you think you stayed there correctly? Or do you, like, what does the gut feeling tell you? Does it tell you I should have left? You know, now I feel so much better. I could go and play today, but because yesterday I played for so many hours, I'm so tired today. What, what does your body tell you? And then you can use that as a way to improve, to improve next time. So you can say, you can use that as a data point, as, as Brad uh, usually calls it, right? I mean, you, you take that extra data point, you know, a data point doesn't have to be a hand in poker. It can actually be a session itself, right? I mean, a metadata point, mm -hmm. right? And then you can use that for your next session. You can say, listen, I mean, I don't perform very well, so I'm going to create an artificial you know, quitting. And all of these artificial um, uh, quitting circumstances can be anywhere. It can be, you know, it can be stop losses. Some people prefer them, some people don't. It depends on the individual. It can be, um, you know, uh, hours, you know, how many hours you play. It can be um, personal stamina, fatigue, thirst, hunger, whatever it is, all these this personal needs. And then you, once you cross those thresholds, you can start creating, can start creating some rules that work for you. For sure. Yeah. Agree. 100%. Yeah, the, the, I would say the dangerous thing would be with, with all of those things is that, uh, especially for, again, for, um, for people who have a talent, for people who are onto something, the dangerous thing would be, you know, I'm done with poker. I, you know, like, you know, I don't want to do this again. We all probably had those, those moments. I don't know, like, uh, Brad, how many times, I know I had to count the times, how many times, you know, that thought crossed your mind? And then you said, no, you're, you're just crazy. Like the, the negative emotion of, I mean, you know, yeah, yeah had like enough. One or two million times. <laughs> exactly. 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 Right. Yeah. So it's not that that thought doesn't exist. Right. But I mean, that's the, the wrong type of quitting. Right. I mean, that's the same quitting that, uh, you know, you, you again, unless you, you hate it. Right. Like, uh, right. unless it's like not providing any value and it's a negative experience, in which case quitting in that situation would have a lot of utility. Maybe it's just is adding a lot of strife and conflict and um, negative emotions into your life, in which case, maybe you should quit playing poker. Good point. And what are some of, the, some of the signs that people can see to decide for themselves? Because this is a very highly subjective topic. Sure. So what are some things that can people see and say, you know what, maybe this is not the life for me? I mean, ask a significant other how you are 
at the end of poker sessions, right? Are, are you miserable to be around? Do you act like, are you in the worst moods? Uh, I mean, how is it affecting your personal life, right? Like how, how are you feeling when you're sitting there playing poker, right? Is it miserable? Does it feel like you're, you know, being marched to the poker table at gunpoint every single day and sitting down against your will? Um, are you less interested in playing poker when you're at the table and more interested in watching Netflix, right? right. These are all kind of cues and data points that are telling you, hey, maybe this isn't the right thing for you to be doing right now. Right. And and to add to, to that, uh, incidentally, asking somebody who's really close to you, it's an excellent advice, right? Having somebody who can be more objective about how you look and, <clears throat> and feel, especially if they know you well, is excellent. Whether it's a, a family member, your spouse, a friend, uh, even your kids, you know, that, that is actually very relevant. Uh, the, the only thing I'm going to add is that to avoid falling for the tra trap of the proximity principle, which is basically the idea that we tend to magnify things that have happened to us either very close to us spatially or temporarily. Like the thing that happened to us just now is far more important than something that happened 10 years ago. Even that thing that may happen 10 years ago could be the most significant event of our lives, like getting married or something like the birth of our child. But because whatever uh, tragedy or great event happens right now takes more mental space in, in, in the now, which what, what matters. So to avoid falling for the proximity principle issue, so to think that this terrible session you had is all you have all the time in poker, or this amazing session you just had is all that happens all the time in poker, so to avoid falling for that trap, it may be useful to keep a record, right? So if you had a terrible session, write it down. Terrible session. I feel like you actually put whatever you want there. I feel like crap, right? And then the next day, oh my God, I feel like a million bucks, you know, like all the bluffs worked, you know, all the things that I did work. And write that and then go back to this and refer to it and see objectively whether or not, you know, the miserable days overweigh the, you know, fun days. Yeah. And then see, like have a more objective approach to it. Yeah, CPG Philosophical Friday Journal dropping Q4 2024. Actually, you know what? That would be a, that would be a good idea. Like writing, right? People have been advocating. I mean, people are writing books about writing things down, and it's just it's just such a simple idea. It's essentially we're telling our brain, you don't have to worry about this anymore because a machine does from now on, right? Well, so writing, right? And you're also capturing how you feel in the moment, which is quite important, right? Because that's going to change from moment to moment. Um, you know, Jason Sue talks a lot about how how having a stop loss. Uh, when you're away from the poker table is one thing, but when you're in it, feeling the emotions, the ups and downs, it's it's a much different thing. Having this protocol where you're you're it's mandatory that you step away, right? It's much harder to adhere to that in the moment than it is um, the further away you are from the the, the poker session. Um, I lost my train of thought there, but I, I was going somewhere else. And could you <laughs> where where did I start? Uh, no, I, I think. What you just said made absolute sense to me. I don't know if you were you wanted you had something else. To oh talk about. yes, 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 yes. I I did, I did. So I was talking about like capturing things like in the moment how you feel. And one thing oh. that that I do um, with in the Wolf program is during onboarding, um, I use a model of reflective practice. And I, I used this a while ago when I was um, my brand was Enhance Your Edge, where people opted in to the newsletter and they got this model of reflective practice for reviewing their own hand histories. And basically the way that it works is it's a self learning um, based on filling out a form. And in this case, uh, the wolves are studying a specific spot 
uh, specific report that we've compiled and given them. Um, and then they're reflecting on that process of learning, right? Well, how was the experience? What was it like? What are you thinking and feeling? What would you do better next time? Uh, you can just Google model for reflective practice and click on the Wikipedia entry that shows up first to get a good idea of what I'm talking about here. But going through this process regularly in this situation uh, after a poker session, I think has immense value um, because it, it, it kind of shows you uh, gives you a record of how you were feeling directly following this event, which is very beneficial to you in the future. When you look back on all of these things, you start seeing this pattern emerge of like, wow, at the end of sessions, my emotions tend to be really, really high. I tend to either be really happy or really sad. And then like the following day, those emotions kind of dissipate, right? So you can kind of recognize that like, even though you may have the worst session of your life, and you can't win anything and it was terrible and awful, there's a light at the end of the tunnel, right? You typically feel better the next day. Right. Um, so I, I, yeah, I think there's immense value in keeping a record, reflecting on your experiences, taking the lessons that you learn, and, and then going back and looking at those experiences over an extended period of time. Exactly, and you can actually account for that as well. Like, you know, if you know that the emotions are high, for example, like you, you, you described, perhaps it's not the best uh, practice for you to have a meeting with uh, somebody after a poker session, right? Or whatever it is, however you structure your life, it may make sense that, you know, like you, you can account for that uh, consequence, whatever it might be, right? You can schedule accordingly. You can let sleep it off or do not make any important decisions or, you know, that they say that uh, the best uh, poker spouse is the one that when you go back from a session, is the one that says nothing, right? <laughs> you know, like you never ask a poker player, how did your session go, right? <laughs> you know, so, and this is the most happy marriages, you know, that, you know, you know, people know not to ask some questions. And if, if a poker player wants to talk about it, they will, trust me. So. <laughs> <laughs> and if they go to their bedroom, turn the lights off and bury themselves underneath the covers, you can, you can discern that it did not go well. <laughs> Exactly right, but it will probably feel better the, the next day. But but it might not. Like you know, there is a point. That's another another turning point too. If if you've noticed a pattern where it used to not bother you, but then all of a sudden you know it doesn't. That feeling doesn't go away the next day and the day after that. Maybe it's it's time for a change. Maybe well, that could be for sure. And and it could also be just um you recognizing or being able to put some protocol in place of like, this is beyond my limit, right? This is mm -hmm. too much. I should have quit earlier because now it's affecting my ability to play in the near future. Therefore, I, I need to do better um, about avoiding this type of situation because it does cost me money in the long run if you're a poker professional. Mm -hmm. Very good. Very good. And, 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 and that reminds me, by the way, it reminds me another another important question. Now that you've laid out the, the foundation of, you know, what are some good practices to get to the proper quitting time? So in other words, what are some ways to become a better quitter, both for, you know, for the for the positive and also by avoiding uh, bad quitting? So how can poker players who master that, the, the proper quitting, how can they use quitting as a tool? to be able to um, uh, send their games to the, to the next level, to elevate their games to the next level? Well, haven't we answered that, really? I mean, what I mean is, what are some things that, uh, like somebody who has mastered proper quitting, mm -hmm. what can uh, they expect 
to see in terms of growth specifically? You know, like, you know, of course, the bottom line, but what are some things that they, they can expect to see? Like, you know, less tilting, for example, or better, better sleeping or, or better scheduling, just to, to put it to words, to, to articulate it, perhaps. Well, I think also a more peaceful sense of ending a session where mm -hmm. you're not really questioning or second guessing, right? You just know that like now is the time and I'm going to cut it short without ruminating on like, did I, did I leave a really good game? Did I quit too early? Um, am I leaving money on the table? Should I have played another five hours? Am I actually being a professional? All, all of right. these questions, you can just have peace with ending your session and knowing that like, yeah, this is the optimal decision that I could make in this moment because I have the data and this is just it, right? It's like the Absolutely. same, same reason why you know folding do seven under the gun um doesn't really feel very painful even when the flop is seven seven deuce right it's like well it doesn't matter i made the right decision with the information that i had and that's really all you can do so yeah i think just gaining peace in that way is just especially beneficial for a professional poker player absolutely and let's coin a term right now because i think what you're saying is incredibly important let's let's call this outsourcing the idea that you know certain decisions have been outsourced either to your uh, uh, past self or sometimes to your future self, but mostly they have been uh, out. It doesn't matter. They have been outsourced by your work outside of the poker table, either work you've done before or work that you're going to do later, or working with other people, whatever it is. But it, it has been outsourced. So the idea that seven deuce is a fold, let's say under the gun, which is a very clear decision, has been outsourced. The idea that, you know, perhaps you create a specific heuristic, I've, I've mentioned that before, X amount of buy-ins. I know Brad and I have, it, I have a disagreement on that, so this is just my opinion. But let's say that it works for you and you decided that after X amount of buy-ins, you're going you're gonna to quit the session. That, again, has been outsourced by your previous self, and, and it might be modified again in the future by your, by your future self, but you don't have to think, you don't have to really make a decision at that point because you have decided when your mind was clear that that is the, the best decision and then things like that again can be facilitated by not bringing more cash or credit cards or however you want to do it there's a lot of different ways you can actually force to to, to make to make a decision but let's let's use that term how do, how do you feel of that term by the way is it a good term because i know language is very important and sure you you seem to have the the strong grasp on the english language so let's go without outsource i think that's the <laughs> I don't know about strong grass, but I'm trying. Thank you for the compliment. No, um, I think outsourcing makes sense. This outsourcing to a past self that has looked at everything more objectively than you can in this in the heat of the battle, and it's just done, right? You just know what to do because this is what you've planned and prepared for, right? In the same way that, like, you know, finding your limits as it relates to session length, right? I've I've mm -hmm. done. I've made the classic mistake of being in a good game and telling myself this game is too good to leave. I cannot leave. And then you play for another eight hours and you know, you find yourself at noon the next day, just kind of like asking what in God's earth did I do? You try to go to sleep, your sleep's ruined. You're not mm -hmm. able to play poker for four days. And now you have this analysis that you got to kind of do. Um, was playing in that game an extra eight hours when I was tired worth losing four days of work simply because it screwed up my sleep and just wrecked me for those four days, right? right. 
typically the answer is no. It, it wasn't worth it. I mean, occasionally, maybe, depending on the situation. There are situations that are kind of like unicorns that maybe need to be taken advantage of more than other situations. But generally... Um, also, you can learn something. And the fact you're learning something is a benefit in and of itself. Exactly, exactly. So like, yeah, just basically figuring these things out so that you, you know, you're, you have processes and systems in place that serve you well, um, is ultimately just highly beneficial. Very well said. And, uh, and, and speaking of all of these, uh, these examples and all of these, uh, situations, um, do you have any, any personal examples of, uh, of quitting, uh, as it pertains to poker or to any other aspects of life that you are, uh, that you're, that you're proud of? Oh, I have so many examples of quitting. I don't know how many of them I can talk about on the podcast. Okay, um, okay. That, that, that's <laughs> um, fair. That's fair. That's quitting, fair. No, uh, that, I understand. Yes. So that, yeah, that's fair. Poker, I don't really know that I have many examples of quitting poker that I'm exactly proud of just because, yeah, I mean, I, I have always been quite sensitive to when my play is deteriorating and really how I feel on the inside, uh, I think is something that I take, have always taken a lot of pride in. So for the most part, um, if I haven't felt like playing or if I play for an hour and want to quit, then I just quit. Um, so not really in anything there, but I mean, as I've gotten older, like asking tough questions about like political affiliation, religious affiliation, mm -hmm. these, mm -hmm. these sort of things, friendships, relationships. Right. Um, there's a lot of those that I've quit and I'm quite proud of because um, ultimately it was me taking responsibility for my own life and my own belief systems and um, making choices that resonated with me. So um, those are more of the choices that of quitting things that I'm most proud of. That's, that's really, really great. And, and again, I mean, once again, it goes back to the thing that we discussed earlier. You're giving, you're giving up uh, important bandwidth and uh, space. You're emptying it up so for new, interesting uh, things to come and take their place. And again, you, you can increase their, uh, the density of experiences and, and emotions, right? You, you get more bang for your buck, so to speak, with the new experiences. So there's yeah. only limited time. That there is the one story that I have about quitting. Um, I was in Horseshoe or at the Horseshoe Casino. I was probably 21 years old. And I don't know if anybody in the audience has been to Tunica, Mississippi, but there's really I thought it was good about to ask if anybody's been 21 years old before. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> if you've been to Tunica, you realize there's not much there. And I, when I was 21, I, I stayed there for about a month and, and I was with two two guys, we were sharing a hotel room or maybe a couple of hotel rooms and they enjoyed going to the strip club. Like this was like their favorite thing to do. Um, not, not me personally, not, not really my thing, but it was for them. And they went so much. In fact, that, uh, one of them came back all pumped saying that like, Oh, one, one of the girls at the strip club, like we're, we're going on a date. We're going to go to the casino. Um, so he, he, wrangles up um, me and the other guy to get ready, go to the casino, hang out, maybe like play some, do some degenning. Um, and that this was back in my uh, minor slot machine issue days. I, I went to the casino with $6,000 in my pocket, uh, just me, two friends and the stripper. And um, we walked past a $100 slot machine and I'm like, oh, 
yeah, I like this. This is my thing. So I start feeding in the $100 into the, the slot machine. And within about 35 minutes, I had lost like $5,800. Um, <clears> the, the stripper actually cried. I lost so much money in the slot machine over such a short period of time. <laughs> I wanted to cry too, personally. <laughs> it, was, it did not feel good. Um, but I did leave with $200 in my pocket. I actually, that was the end of my tunica trip, actually. I drove home and said that I'm quitting slot machines for the rest of my life. And while that wasn't exactly true, I did quit slot machines for a good 13 years or so before at some point realizing like, oh, it's okay to like drop a hundred in a $1 slot machine and mess around for fun, for the sweat of it um, as an enjoyable experience. But yeah, that, that's one situation in life where I quit something. I was quite proud that I quit um, and really just didn't scarred me and scared me from the rest of the pits for you know, a good decade plus. And I, and I think, I think it's a powerful story. And the reason why it's a powerful story is because not that there's anything inherently wrong with, uh, you know, the, the, the slot machines. And I know this comes from a mathematician, but I've said that before. I'm, I'm, I'm doubling down on one of the podcasts we had about, you know, fun and profitability, right? You can have, you can have as much fun as you like, but I think the reason why it's such a powerful story is because we said, this doesn't feel fun to me. And I'm gonna actually be control of the situation. I think that's the real, the real, uh, the real power there, right? It has nothing to do with like because up at up at, at the point that you didn't quit, before that or at, at some point down the line, you were having fun. It was a decision that you made because you know oh, for the sweat. Yes, lots of but, fun. <laughs> but but at some point it, it stopped becoming it stopped being fun, and then you said, you know what? No, I I don't wanna I don't wanna do this anymore. For that reason, I think it's incredibly powerful because you were in control of, of yourself and your decisions. Well, I was in control when I was not out of control. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get it. Yeah, no, but I mean, but we have to be like, the thing is that, you know, we're so quick to judge ourselves first and foremost. That's why I'm saying it matters to who you talk to. Like a, an overachiever like yourself, I mean, immediately you're jumping into judging yourself. And I know I'm, I'm very similar, you know, like my friends are very similar. You know, it's very easy to judge when you know yourself when you try so hard about things but the fact of the matter is we're human there's certain desires that we have at certain points for for whatever reason and the choices that we make are tied to those desires and there's nothing wrong because in the end of the day aren't we aren't, aren't we those desires in one way or, or another i mean we want to think that we're more than that but aren't we like the things that we want and the things that we desire it's just that at some point we say listen you know, if I follow this specific path, I'm going to lose all the other paths. That's the reason why we want to quit on something. Because again, it's about the space that we'll create for all the other things. But yeah. I cannot, I cannot just judge somebody just for face value that they decided to, you know, play the, the, the slot machines. The question is, what could they have done otherwise? That's the only question that matters. And that question only you can answer. Yeah, and it, it reminds me of a very powerful story that, that we can close on. Um, mm -hmm. The there was a guy, a performer who was uh, performing for America's Got Talent Extreme, which is actually here in Atlanta, and they had a mishap where he was basically straight jacket, straight jacketed like thirty feet up, and was trying to escape this thing before some bad stuff happened, and he ended up getting like clapped in between two cars. His I line, there was an explosion. His line broke. He fell thirty feet onto his head. Uh, missed the air mattress down below 
and basically now is paralyzed and really very lucky to still be living. Um, and I remember reading about that accident and thinking, holy shit, that is crazy. Um, and then they interviewed him a few months afterwards. And, you know, they asked him about, cause he has a fiance, right? He had a career that he, he, he can't do perform anymore because like he, he broke his back. I mean, he, he's in a wheelchair for the rest of his life, um, has a fiance. He, he told his fiance, like now's a free ticket, right? I would totally understand if, you know, we ended our relationship. Um, and the interviewer asked him if, uh, he was sad, you know, if he woke up sad about what he was missing out on in, in life now that he had had his accident. Um, and, and he said, no, I'm not sad because the reality is before I had my accident, there were many things that I would never have been able to do. Like I have to make a choice as to what I prioritize and what I do. And so I woke up ready and excited to do the things that I could do on that day. And these days it's the exact same. I know that I can't do anything, um, but there are lots of things that I can do. And I still wake up excited to do the things that I want to do. Right. So again, there's only so much space that we have in life. And so like, um, be excited about the stuff that you're going to do because it's not, it's finite, right? It's not infinite. Um, and choose wisely with your available options. Exactly. And, and those options are not the same for all people, which is why, you know, judging other people makes no sense to begin sure. with, right? Because Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, we don't, we don't know, you know, what the alternative is. We don't know what money means to a certain individual versus others. And we don't know what the alternatives are. How, like, maybe, you know, instead of doing that, maybe they would have, uh, you know, done something worse to their lives. You know, who, who knows? Like, it's very difficult to... And to, I, on the topic of quitting, I would say, you know, quitting the judgment of self for the things that you do enjoy, mm -hmm. um, that's something that is quite important, right? Like, maybe you, you love live-action role-playing, right? Or right. maybe you think you sure. would, but you're too embarrassed to try you don't want to go for fear of judgment or being judged right. or whatever it is. And I would just say like, that's a ridiculous reason not to try something that Absolutely. may enhance your life and give you a better life experience. And we should be testing and trying many different things on a regular basis so that we can ultimately, you know, live a life that we're proud of that resonates Absolutely. with us. LARPing included people. So go LARP, not a problem at all. So there you go. Send me the videos and we'll, we'll just, <laughs> <laughs> we'll look at them and, and maybe we'll try it out one day. Um, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. And, and that's really, that's all I got. You, you got anything else? No, me? this is an, this is an excellent, excellent way to, uh, to stop. Like, uh, try, try the things, uh, that, uh, that, that you like, again, it, it all ties up to the idea, uh, you're not competing with, uh, really anybody, uh, but, but yourself, like you are the only one who knows what other, available options are out there. So uh, you're the only one who can actually judge yourself, really, because you know what the alternative ideas are. So when you reach to a point where you're judging yourself for something that you do, maybe that's the time you quit. Not because somebody else judges you, but because you judge yourself. You say, listen, I could be using my time or my space, my thing, I could be using it much better because I know I have these other options. If that's your decision, then maybe that's a good time to quit. For sure, 100%. And if you do notice, you know, you like how I, I judge the LARPers while saying that they, they could do what they wanted to do without judgment, right? But 
we're just... joking. I, 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 I like nobody. Like I play RPG like all the time. Like so, I'm not going to like that's that's what I'm saying. It's like uh, it's 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 my thing. So I, I, I yeah. do that too. I haven't t- tried LARPing yet, but uh, well, get in um, there at the WSOP, throw some fireballs around, see how there it goes. you go. Just... There you go. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. What is it like the the, the fireball? Is it three d six? Three d six plus six, something like that. Damage. I don't remember. So some of the, <laughs> the 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 listeners can tell us. But anyway, excellent. So, Brad, before we nerd it up anymore, where people can find us? Uh, greatnessvillage.com. Hop in the Slack community, Philosophical Friday channel. Feedback, questions, answers, things that we didn't touch on, things you would like us to touch on more. Um, all of those things at greatnessvillage.com. And Absolutely. that's it. And also, yeah, people can also find us on Twitter at uh, CPG uh, uh, Podcast and at Ask the Math DR. And also on YouTube, uh, Chasing Poker Greatness, where Alex beats uh, Bobby at poker. Feel free to leave comments. Also, we will have a link to uh, the video version of the podcast if you guys are interested. So yeah, pretty much or Google our names and uh, ask any questions or anything you want to you wanna add to the conversation. We'll be Good happy luck to. Googling, Googling me. There's a lot of high-achieving Brad Wilsons in the world. So <laughs> a lot of bitterness there. Um, oh, no. So Brad Wilson poker then. There's only one Brad Wilson poker. There's probably, you know, there's also a lot of Brads when it comes to poker. So it has to be Brad Wilson poker. <laughs> yeah, I can't even be the most famous Brad in poker. What a joke. <laughs> Uh, you, you probably like you probably though like uh, in a good competition, right? I mean, it would be tough. Who was gonna get the first spot? I think. Uh, I'm pretty sure yeah. Owens is crushing me with his YouTube giant YouTube audience. It's close. Depends <laughs> who you ask, but yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Sir. Yeah, great stuff, and we will see you next week. Absolutely. Take care, man. Always a pleasure. Thanks for listening to Chasing Poker Greatness. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or on your favorite podcast app. Go to ChasingPokerGreatness.com to get the newsletter, join the Greatness Village community, book a coaching session, or dive into the latest data-driven poker courses. Follow the show on Twitter at CPG Podcast.